Welcome to the Love Marriage Again podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Siobhan Parat. In this podcast, you will receive the wisdom, the insight, and the tools you need to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Your marriage is meant to be amazing. Your marriage should be your favorite place to be. Your marriage should bring out the best in you. I'm here to help you create that. In each episode, I'll coach you to improve your communication, build a deeper connection, become a more united team, and experience more intimacy. Here, we have real conversations about what can make marriage hard, and more importantly, how to make it easy. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. I am excited about the topic that we are going to dive into today because I truly believe it will help you pause, reflect, and avoid an argument. Okay, so the title, which I hope caught your attention, is Things That Bother You About Your Spouse. And I thought about this concept and I thought about this idea because all of us have it, right? Like there's no couple, there's no individual that's partnered that doesn't have things about their spouse that bother them, annoy them, trigger them. Like it's just a fact of life because you're two different people. And for as much as when you first get together, all you see is how similar you are, how amazing it is to be together. Over time, those similarities, I would say the cloud lifts, (laughs) the cloud lifts. And you begin to see maybe how different you are and how on certain areas of your life, you're just not on the same page or the way that they operate and the way that you operate is a little, a lot, or radically different. So I created this podcast episode really thinking of it as an offering to you to be a resource that when you find yourself bothered, frustrated, annoyed, angry, triggered, whatever word you want to insert, I think there's lots of different words we could use for the word bother, whatever you're feeling, I wanted this podcast episode to be the thing you come to before you take action on that negative emotion. And usually that action is to say something to your partner or to do something to express your botheredness, okay? So this podcast is almost like a buffer between your spouse doing or saying something that bothers you and then you reacting to them. And inside of my coaching programs, I always teach my clients about the powerful pause, just that space in between feeling a negative emotion and doing something about it. Because if you can train yourself to pause, if you can train yourself to reflect 
and zoom out and understand deeply what's going on for you and what's actually happening in the moment, then you will show up to that interaction at a higher, more elevated, upgraded way. Meaning you will have more emotional control. You will be less reactive. You will say less mean and hurtful things. You will be clearer about what it is that is bothering you, why it's bothering you without sort of lashing out and pouring all of that onto your spouse. And when we think about the relationship we have with our spouse, we want to protect it. We want to put a buffer between our negative emotion and taking action towards them in a way that is harmful, hurtful, destructive, not moving us in the direction that we want to go, building a wonderful, loving connection and relationship. All right. So the way that I have outlined this conversation with you is I want to give you like an umbrella directive. Okay. So I'm giving you an umbrella directive. And basically what that is, is to get the data for why you're so bothered before you try to change them. All right. So it's like something happens. They say something. You feel this negative emotion. You're bothered. I want you to go inside of yourself using these six points that I'm going to share. Get the data. Get the real answer, the real thing going on for you before you say anything to them, before you take action, before you try to influence, control, convince them to be doing something different. All right. So they're in no particular order. But as you listen, I do want to encourage you to find the one that you probably know is the most common thing happening for you. All right. I know what mine is as I look through this list. And I'm sure as we have this conversation, I will tell you exactly what that is. All right. So when you find yourself bothered, the data that you want to gather is what's going on inside of you. One of those things. So this is the first point is your partner can be triggering or surfacing for you your lost self. Let me describe what that is. The lost self is the part of you that as you are socialized and conditioned and brought up in your family, you either learn that this part of you is not okay, or this part of you has to show up a certain way right? So basically, all of us enter this world like pure and perfect, exactly how God wanted us to be. Some of us are quirky. Some of us are super energetic. Some of us are super playful. Some of us are really reflective and contemplative. Some of us are naturally inclined to work hard. Some of us are naturally inclined to relax hard. But our parents and our caregivers and influential adults in our lives their role is to guide us. And in that guidance, they send us messages about what's okay about ourselves and what's 
not okay about ourselves. And as a parent right now, my kids are seven and nine. I'm so highly conscious of this, how they're so playful and so silly and so lighthearted. But as an adult, I find myself really having the urge to be like, stop playing so much. But again, because I have such a deep awareness of this, I restrain myself and I let them be children. I let them run around the house from time to time. I let them scream and, you know, do all the things that seven and nine year olds want to be doing. Because I recognize that the more I try to discipline and get that playful, lighthearted, kid-like fun out of them, the more I'm telling them that who they are is not okay. And I know for many of us who grew up in very strict and disciplined homes, there are many times that now as adults, we might see that as an advantage, right? Well, it's like, well, my parents were really hard on me, but it helped push me to be really successful in life. And that's all fine and well. But I guarantee you from all of my coaching I do, especially of high achieving individuals, there is a lost self inside of there. There is a lost little girl. There is a lost little boy who learns that it's not okay for me to be this way and that in order to gain my parents' love, I have to show up this specific way. So we code switch. Basically, we learn to show up the way that we need to in order to get attention, love, and basically our survival needs met by our parents because that's how the young child's brain takes in that information. Like if I'm gonna survive, I'm totally dependent on this adult in my life, so I have to be who they are telling me I have to be. What does that have to do with your spouse? What happens sometimes when you are bothered by things your spouse is doing or saying is that it is reminding you of the part of yourself that you lost. So let's say you are a very serious and disciplined person and you're very regimented, yet your spouse is much more spontaneous and much more whimsical and changes their mind a lot. It could be that one of the reasons that bothers you so much is because that's also a natural part of your personality, but it was sucked out of you by your caregivers. And so you learned to deny that part of yourself and to then overcompensate overcompensate by being extremely disciplined. So just check in, right? This is all a conversation about gathering data for yourself about why is it that you're so bothered by certain things? Is it that your spouse is triggering a part of you that you learned to deny, that you learned to shut off, or that you learned was not okay? And so now when they're being that way, you judge them because you were once judged for being that way yourself. That's number one. Number two is You could be bothered by things your spouse says or does because you have an unacknowledged limitation within yourself. What I mean is that let's say you get really frustrated when your spouse is not fully present. Maybe they're on their phone. Maybe they're not listening, maybe they're sitting on the couch halfway asleep while you really would rather for them to be fully engaged and playing with the children. 
when you see that and you're highly triggered, it could be because there's a part of you that hates when you do that, that shames yourself and blames yourself if you have 10 minutes of scrolling on social media rather than being fully present and engaged with your kids. So we project, right, our own limitations that we're not happy about about ourselves onto this other person. And rather than just owning, hey, I do that too and I don't like it about myself. Let me have compassion for myself. Let me have understanding for myself. Let me you know, give myself some grace here, right? Instead of doing that, we hyper-focus on our spouse doing things wrong, right? This happens sometimes too if like you have one spouse that's very tidy and likes for things to be put away all the time perfectly and one person who has a tendency to leave things in a variety of different places. If you yourself find yourself disorganized and you're the person who really values the tidiness, yet you don't have compassion for that or you judge yourself or you beat yourself up for not having everything put away perfectly, then you're going to be hyper activated when your spouse does it. And so the solution there is really just having grace and compassion for yourself. And so when you see your spouse doing something or saying something that gets under your skin, you have to ask yourself and you have to be willing to look at, well, where do I do that to? It may not look exactly the same way, but like, are there times when I'm not present? Are there times when I'm not tidy? Are there times when I'm not always looping in and informing my spouse of my schedule ahead of time? Right? That's something I personally have had to work on a lot because I used to get so frustrated and so annoyed with my husband when he wouldn't check in with me before just putting things on his calendar that would take him away from home. But now I've realized I do it too. And so when I can recognize that sometimes I don't always remember to loop him in, or I just assume that I can put something on the calendar and he's going to be okay with it. When I can see that about myself and recognize my humanity, have some grace and compassion for it, then I don't need to harp on him doing it as much, right? It becomes a much simpler, lighter conversation. So you want to look at for yourself, are the things that you are upset that your partner is doing, do you do them too, to some degree? And is there some level of grace and compassion and understanding that you need to give yourself so that you cannot be so upset when they do the same thing? Number three is sometimes the things that bother you about your spouse are areas where you need to grow in your own understanding and acceptance. Right. That means people are different. Right. Like your spouse grew up with different upbringing, different belief systems, different ways of operating. And so maybe those differences between you are really designed to help you stretch yourself to be a more understanding and accepting person. Things don't have to always be exactly the way that you think they should be. What if there are 20 different ways to do things? What if you appreciating the differences between you and your spouse helps you grow and evolve 
to be just a more open-minded person. I can think of a very simple example that I learned so early on in our marriage when we first had our daughter. My husband was giving her a bath and he was washing her hair and she's a newborn. We're like doing the, you know, sink tub situation. And I remember just looking at him like, that's not how you do it. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like, what are the rules about how you give a baby a bath and how you wash their hair? He's like, just because it's not exactly the way you do it doesn't mean that I'm doing it wrong. And I really heard him on that. And ever since then, I've really, every time he's either getting the kids dressed or giving them a bath or organizing them to do something that I also do, Anytime I notice that he does it differently, it's a reminder to me to open my mind, to open my capacity to understanding and to accepting that there's 1,700 different ways of thinking about something, of operating and doing something. So perhaps the botheredness that you're feeling is really just a signal to open your mind, to increase your understanding, to look at things from a perspective that is not exactly the same as yours. Number four, and this I would say is probably just the area of life that in my middle age, I am connecting so many dots and we are diving so deeply into, especially inside my program, The Marriage Upgrade. And that is this, sometimes the things that bother you and upset you about your spouse are pointing you to childhood wounds that need to be healed. So what I've recognized is I like attention, (laughs) right? For some of you, you're like, duh, who doesn't like attention, right? But like, I've really recognized and noticed how when I feel like I'm not getting the attention that I would like, when I feel unseen, I am highly triggered, like viscerally triggered. The other day, my husband was just like minding his own business, reading a book. And I like inside my body, I had like rage. And instead of saying anything to him, I was like, Siobhan, this is your signal to go inside. What in the world is this about? He's not blatantly doing something to harm you. He's literally minding his own business, reading a book. And if you needed something from him and you asked him, he would respond. But I was enraged in that moment. And I you know, finished cooking dinner. I, you know, went upstairs to be with myself for a little bit. And I just sat with this question, like, what is this about? Like, when did I feel like this in childhood? When did I feel ignored? When did I feel unseen? When did I want my parents' attention? And it felt like they were withholding it from me. And I could do nothing about it. I had no control over it. I haven't exactly pinpointed why this is such a hot button topic for me. And it's really especially around him reading, partly because he's just so calm and peaceful and like happy to be reading, (laughs) right? Like, 
And it enrages me sometimes, depending on how much attention I feel like I've gotten earlier in the day or how much attention I feel like he's given the children. And so I recognize, though, that it can't just be him. Like this enraged feeling that is literally taking over my body can't just be because my husband is reading a book and he's 100% in the wrong. There's something deeper there. And so for you, your body is going to tell you the answers. I have gotten so in tune with my body when an experience feels good and when an experience feels horrible. And when something feels horrible to me, I know that my work first, again, collecting the data before I say something to the other person, is to figure out why. What is this about? And so for many of us, we have a lot of childhood wounds. Some of us have things far beyond wounds and legitimate, significant traumas from our childhood. And so it's those limitations of our parents and the ways that they harmed us, the ways that they dismissed us, the ways that they invalidated us, the ways that they disciplined us and controlled us, right? I remember very clearly one client had such a hard time whenever her husband would like make a suggestion to her. She felt like he was trying to control her. And it was really because she grew up in a very controlling home where everything was dictated to her. And she was resisting his simple suggestions. But what we uncovered, what it was so much deeper than just him asking her, hey, are you going to set your alarm so you wake up on time in the morning? right? It wasn't about him. It was about her feeling so controlled and micromanaged as a child and not being able to do anything about it. So you want to ask yourself, like, am I hyper reactive to certain things, criticism, um, requests for my time when I am overwhelmed, whatever the case may be? Could part of what is bothering you so much be some unresolved childhood wounding and not necessarily your spouse doing something horribly wrong? Number five. Number five is just simple unmet expectations that just don't fit who your spouse is, right? So perhaps you came into your relationship with some assumptions that for you, And what you thought made sense, right? I know for me, I'll just give another example. My dad is really good at like, if I like when he's visiting, and I know he does this at home too with my mom, like if I go to the grocery store and he's home, as soon as he hears the garage open, he's getting up to come to the door and like collect the groceries. Like it's just the thing he does. And I remember like, especially after we had kids, like my husband doesn't do that automatically. And I would just be like, how can you be just sitting there? You heard the garage. Why aren't you like hurrying up to meet me at the door? Now he'll ask like, are there any more bags? And then he'll eventually go out. But I remember being so frustrated. Like, how can you not anticipate my needs? And we all do that. We all have those things. I think for him, he'd say, you know, how can you not cook a hot cook, a uh, hot, fresh meal every day, right? Because he grew up in a home 
he grew up in a home where they didn't go out to dinner. That just wasn't what they did. Like it was always a fresh, hot cooked meal every single day. And it was on a schedule. I remember us having these conversations. I'm like, I don't like to eat the same thing every week, every day. I like a lot of variety in my meal planning. And that wasn't a big deal, right? And you can have your own simple, lighthearted examples as well as probably some really major, harder examples and expectations. But those, those experiences, I think for both of us, called us to just question some of the expectations we had. And so if you find yourself really bothered by certain things your spouse does or doesn't do, you want to just look at like, well, where did that expectation come from in the first place? Right? Like, is it even a fair expectation to have based on who I know my partner to be? And again, you have to understand what it is that you want and need and understand who it is your partner is. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't all grow and evolve. And I'm a huge fan of being responsive to each other's needs, desires, and expectations, right? So marriage is a give and take, right? If something's really important to you, you want a partner who's responsive and vice versa. But I do think that sometimes people get stuck and spend a lot of unnecessary time frustrated and bothered by things because they won't let go of certain expectations. And so you just have to ask yourself, like, am I so bothered by this because I'm holding on to the expectation that my partner is going to change or do this differently? And is that helpful, right? Like, is this expectation, the way that I'm thinking about it, like the end all be all? And maybe for some things it is. Maybe it's not just a disappointment in your marriage that your partner isn't doing this thing. Maybe it's a legitimate deal breaker, meaning you can never be happy if it doesn't change. And again, that's something I tease out with my my clients because Sometimes we don't really know. We don't really know what is legitimately a deal breaker and cause for you to be clear that this is not a relationship that's going to ever work for you versus maybe I could just look at this differently. Maybe I could find some other way of addressing this core need that doesn't have to look exactly the way I've been picturing it, right? And then number six, the sixth reason that there are things that may bother you about your spouse. And this is like, this is really important here, I will say, is violations of healthy relationship rules. Meaning, how your partner is showing up or how they are thinking and operating goes against what is a healthy, happy relationship. So what that might look like, right? Some people grow up where problems are just never talked about, right? It's like you get angry at each other, you never address it, and you just move on with life like nothing ever happened. That is not what I would consider in the category of a healthy coping mechanism to create a healthy relationship. 
Now, that doesn't mean that on the flip side, right, the polar opposite, that you have to talk about your issues ad nauseum and keep bringing them up and spend seven days processing one disagreement. There is a healthy balance of acknowledging what was happening, reflecting on what happened, coming to an understanding of how to move forward in a better direction. But for some of my listeners and some of my clients, they have a partner who just refuses to do that. So yes, that bothers you, but it bothers you not necessarily because it's an unmet expectation that just doesn't make sense. It bothers you because it's literally a violation of what is a healthy relationship. So some of the violations that I just want to name so you can have some more meat in understanding this for yourself is violations that look like lack of partnership, where there's just no partnership. You're operating as two separate silos. Another is just lack of empathy. Like anytime you bring something to your partner, they just dismiss it. They can't see how you could be feeling upset about something. And they make you feel wrong for feeling your feelings. Lack of consideration, where it's just like, your opinion doesn't matter here. I don't care what you think. We're doing it my way. Lack of kindness, where mean and hurtful things are said intentionally to make you feel bad. Lack of fairness, where one person always gets their way and there's never any um, consideration for what might work for both of you. Lack of attention. You have a partner who's working all the time, never available when you wanna connect with each other, not responsive when you want to engage and do things together. Lack of intimacy, both emotional intimacy and physical intimacy. Lack of companionship, lack of trust, lack of acceptance, lack of appreciation, lack of affection, support, lack of commitment, lack of effort. Those things are what I would consider outside of the bounds of what would be a well and healthy relationship. And so, of course, they bother you. Now, here's what I want to say. No matter what the genesis of your botheredness is from these six points that I've just identified, right? I'll review them. Your lost self, the part of you that you shut down, your unacknowledged limitations that you're projecting onto your spouse, an area where you need to grow in your understanding and acceptance of others, childhood wounds that need to be healed, unmet expectations, and these violations of healthy relationship rules. Now, what I want to say is whatever the reason that you are feeling bothered or feeling some negative emotion, again, the whole point of me outlining these um, principles in these points was for you to get the data to understand what's going on for you first before you react. So, Now that you have some reference point for that, I still want to encourage you to be intentional about how you react. 
no matter what the reason, right? Even if it's because your partner is violating what would be a normal, healthy relationship, you still are in charge. You still are in control. You still are held accountable for how you show up. And so if they're violating some healthy relationship rule, that doesn't give you carte blanche and permission for you to violate it as well because you're so upset with them, right? You still want to stand in your power. You still want to be intentional about how you show up. That may mean you set some boundaries. That may mean you protect yourself in certain ways so that you can maintain your own well-being. But it does not mean that you then go do something retaliatory or, you know, beneath your own standards of your basic relational operations to let them know how wrong they are, right? Like, that's just not what we're doing here. But it is important that you understand what's underneath you feeling so bothered. And I trust that this podcast episode has helped you identify those things for yourself. And the last thing I want to say is each of these things, all six of these things are specific areas in my coaching practice that I can help you with. So whatever you've just identified for yourself is like, oh, this is really the thing that's going on for me when I'm so bothered by this, right? And maybe it's all six, depending on what topic we're talking about. It's important that you know that there's help, right? So once we identify and once you have the awareness of what it is for you, there's steps you can take to minimize how much of an impact these things have in your experience in your marriage, right? There's ways to rediscover yourself. There's ways to compassionately acknowledge your own limitations and grow in those areas. There's ways of healing that inner child inside of you so that you can feel more confident and grounded in yourself. There's ways of navigating and renegotiating expectation. And for sure, there are ways to get you and your spouse out of these negative ways of interacting with each other so that your relationship does operate much more in the lane of what is healthy for you as a couple. These are all things that I can 100% help you make massive progress on. And so if you are ready to be less bothered, if you are ready to create a more rewarding, enjoyable, healthy relationship, I want to invite you to work with me directly. There are a number of ways that you can work with me. You can work with me in private coaching as a couple or as an individual, and you can join me inside my group coaching program, The Marriage Upgrade. If those are the next steps you are ready to take, you are going to go to my website, sign up for a complimentary call with me. You'll just click the work with me tab schedule a call. I will meet you there. We will talk about everything that's been happening, everything that you want to happen, and I will lay out specifically how my coaching approach and process will support you in creating a relationship where you have better communication, better connection, where it feels like home for you. Again, you will go to my website, drshavon.com, click the work with me tab, 
and I will see you inside of our Zoom meeting for a complimentary consultation. Outside of that, I'll be back with you next week for another podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in. And now a question for you. What did you get out of this episode? The most important part of this work is applying what you hear. I hope you'll do that. And if you loved this podcast, you will love working with me directly even more. I invite you to my website, drshavon.com, to learn about my coaching programs and any live masterclasses I may be hosting. And of course, we will meet right back here for the next episode of the podcast. Until then, keep loving your marriage again.